Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. And the blessing is very wonderful. Remember uh, Proverbs 10:22. The Bible says the blessing, now look at that, is singular. Uh, the blessing is what makes one rich. And then he said, and the Lord adds no sorrow. So there's people in the world that make money, right? But do they have sorrow? Oh, do they have sorrow, right? But when it comes on a person that has the blessing of the Lord, then you have no sorrow in your life uh, because of the blessing that is upon your life. Now, uh, once again, Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law, all right? A lot of the scriptures that I'm going to give you this morning is for believers. If you're not a believer, a born-again believer, uh, you can be this morning. And my advice to everybody uh, is that you become a believer because you cannot, cannot make it without the blessing of the Lord upon your life. Once again, the blessing is a declaration that empowers you. You see, you can't do it on your own. It empowers you to have victory, right? Say, well, I'm very intelligent. I know. I know you're intelligent. Said, uh, I'm really gifted. I know you're gifted, but you can't do it with that. It, it's not possible, all right? So let's go, let's start off this morning by going to Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. And just notice what Jesus did. Now, this is powerful. He said, given thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us, now notice this, from the power of darkness. That's what Jesus did. He delivered us from the power of darkness and has what? Translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom... Uh, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So Jesus, uh, when a person accepts Jesus, watch this. It happens instantly. You are translated immediately in a, uh, a moment's time from the kingdom of darkness into another kingdom. So there are two kingdoms, only two, only two kingdoms that are functioning in this world today. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God, right? So when Jesus, when you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, he translates you immediately into his kingdom, right? Uh, so we are translated uh, so that we can become a new creation, right? A new person, something that did not exist before. We are translated so that we can become a new creation. And in doing so, listen real carefully, and in doing so, your life is going to function. Say, Pastor, my life is not functioning. Well, it's not if you don't get into the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of darkness is like the Titanic, right? Uh, if you saw the movie, I don't know if they uh, actually did this, but he says, pass out the liquor. Pass out the liquor, dance, put the band, get the band going, let's dance, because this ship is going down. So the kingdom of darkness is like the Titanic. And the devil says to his people in his kingdom, he says, this is the Titanic, it's going down. You may not know, but it's going down, okay? 
and uh, you can do whatever you want. There's no rules in this kingdom. You want to drink, dope up, uh, commit adultery, uh, lie, steal, do it all because you're going down anyway, right? But the kingdom of God is just the opposite. The kingdom of God has principles, rules, uh, commandments, ordinances, everything for our good, okay? And all these principles and ordinances and laws uh, is are for the uh, is for the the uh, the reason uh, to uh, for the fact that it'll make you function in this world. It'll cause you to function in every aspect of your life. All right. So this is why God has you. Why does God have all this? Well, it's for our good. You see, He says, "Do this, and this will happen." It's the kingdom of principles and rules and ordinances for our good. All right. And thank God that he's given us a manual, right? He's given us a manual so that we won't walk around uh, lost. Say, what should I do? How, how should I operate? Well, he tells us exactly how to operate there. But in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of darkness, he says, there's no rules. Do what you want. You're going down anyway, right? So, uh, yes, eternal life is the most important thing, right, uh, to, uh, the, uh, for the reason God translated into his kingdom, right? But uh, it's not just to save you. It's for you to have a functional life here on planet Earth. If God just wanted to, to save you, he would save you and take you home, just like Enoch, right? He, he walked with God, and God said, let's go on home. And so he, a chariot came and picked up uh, Enoch just like he did Elijah. So if God just wanted to save you and take you home, he would do that, but he, he didn't do that. He said, I want you here on earth for a purpose, and I want you to take dominion over your area. Whether you look at work in government or you have a business, you're in school, God said, I want you to go there and take dominion over that area and over your life. Can you say amen? So the kingdom of God is not luck. Somebody say it's not luck. That's right. Some people say, oh, man, you're so lucky. No, it's not luck. Nothing's luck, right? If you want luck, uh, you really have to go to the casino. But uh, really, it's not luck there. It's rigged, right? It's not luck. So uh, to th this morning, we're going to start off with a question because, once again, we were translated into the kingdom of God, all right? Where everything is beautiful, where everything functions, where everything is peaceful, where everything is joy, right? You can live that way. But we're going to start off with a question, all right? Because we're in the kingdom of God. Uh, and then I'm, I'll share two verses with you. But uh, the question is, why is it that you and I uh, don't want the devil or the kingdom of darkness or demons uh, in our affairs. Why don't we want him in our affairs? Okay? Well, uh, it's real simple because the, the, um, the main objective of the enemy is to take everything you have. Does everybody understand that? He's not just coming for a dollar. He's coming for everything you have. He's coming for you, your family, your money, your health, 
uh, your business. He's coming for your mind for everything. This is why we do not want him in our affairs. You understand that? All right? So uh, these two verses, so the verses that I'm going to give you are very, very important. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this. Now, may the God of peace, now notice uh, this verse, now it's very important. May the God of peace sanctify you completely. Now, the word sanctify in the New Living Translation means that uh, may the God of peace uh, himself make you holy. He's talking to believers now, all right? Believers. Somebody say believers. He says, uh, sanctify you completely. Completely, what does that mean? Well, uh, God, we were made in the image of God. We were in this order, spirit, soul, and body. So he says that God wants you to be sanctified on all three parts of you. In other words, uh, your whole being must be sanctified and living holy. Okay? Spirit, soul, and body. Okay? That's very important. And he said, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved, how? Blameless. Somebody say blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, let's go to Ephesians 4.27. In this verse that is very, very important, don't forget it, it only has uh, six words, but so powerful. He says, give no place, nor give place to the devil. All right, he's talking to believers again, and he gives, there's only six words, do not give place to the devil. In other words, this is not a suggestion, right? He, God is not suggesting anything through Paul when he spoke to him. He said, this is a commandment. You must give no place to the devil. Once again, we do not want him in any, in any parts of our life, in any of our affairs. Can you imagine you said, I want, a, I want the devil, the kingdom of darkness in my business. Well, you won't have a business. You said, I want him in my home. You won't have a home. I want him in my marriage. No, you don't want him anywhere, right? Because he's going to come for everything. Remember John 10.10? 10? Jesus said this, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's it. That's what he's coming for. Steal what? Everything you got. Kill what? Everything you got. And destroy everything you got. So we do not want him in any part of our life. Can you say amen? Now, Ephesians 4.27 has a positive and a negative. A negative is, he's talking to the believer, he said, you can give place to the devil. Right? Some of you say, oh, the devil can't come to a believer's life. Well, he can, right? So that's the negative part uh, of this verse. But there's also a positive. The positive part of this verse is, is saying to us this. There is a place that even though he's all around you and bringing havoc, that he, there's a place that he can't touch you, right? You can be in a place and they'll shoot everybody, but they can't shoot you. Hello, right? 
just like that Las Vegas deal. They killed I don't know how many people. Uh, well, I don't think you'd, I don't know what they did there, but uh, Christians don't have a business in, in some place like that. Unless it's, you know, uh, you were there, uh, you know, clean heart and everything else. You're just there to hear music. But uh, Ephesians 4.27 has, uh, once again, has a positive. And that positive is this, once again, that there's a place that the devil can't touch. And that's the place we want to be to be at. Remember Psalms 91? That's a favorite for a lot of people, right? Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under where? The shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you. Look at that. Surely from the snare of the fowler and from the uh, perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings shall you take refuge. He, uh, his truth shall be your shield and your buckler. And you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day. And verse 6, he says this. I think they almost have it there. Well, he says, uh, for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor the uh, destruction that wastes at noonday, a thousand shall fall where? And how many? At, uh, Ten thousand at where? Your right side. But it shall not. Is that true? That's what God said. He said, I don't care what happens around you. If you're in that place, nothing can touch you. Right? That's right. Give no place to who? Don't, don't give a place to the devil. Do not give place to the devil, okay? Now, listen real carefully. It's sad, but many believers don't have a clue uh, when negative or demonic things start happening in their life. They just say it's a way of life. Uh, most believers don't have a clue, all right? So uh, uh, we have to... We have to uh, we have to, uh, 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 as believers, when things start happening in our life, we have to ask ourselves, uh, is there an open door in our life? This is what you've got to ask. When things start happening in your home, in your life, uh, in your business, in your family, start asking, is there a, an open door here? Who's got the open door? If you have a family of five, you start got to ask questions. You have an open door here? You have an open door? Do you have an open door? If you're the only one in the family, ask yourself. Right? And in my case, I have to ask Cooper. Do you have an open door, right? So uh, uh, we have to do, uh, we have to uh, uh, close every door in our life. Now, the scriptures that I've been giving you about, he says, sanctify, which means... Uh, he said, uh, every aspect of your life must be in holy living. Remember, once again, that it's only possible for the believer. Right? Now, when we talk about holy living, we're not talking about people who have not accepted Jesus. It's not possible for them. It's not. It's impossible for them to live holy. An unbeliever has to accept Jesus, must be born again. Must be made a new creation so in order for him to, be, uh, to live a holy life. But for the believer, 
not only is it possible, but it is a command. You must live a holy life. All right? You must live a holy life. All right? So when things start happening in our life, listen, you have to ask yourself and ask those around you, is there an open door here? You start arguing at home. Things start breaking. Uh, your money is going out. The curses start coming. You said, hey, there's an open door because God says, do not give place to the devil. And uh, I'm in a place where nothing can touch me. So what's going on here, right? So you have to ask yourself. So an open door is like a, a leaky roof. Ever had a leak? If you don't take care of that leak, it's going to mess up your ceiling, then the walls, and then the flooring, and then the house eventually be destroyed. Uh, years ago, uh, Pastor Barbara and myself would go to, you know, some, every Friday we'd leave town, and uh, <clears throat> that was our day to, uh, to just to relax. And a lot of times we'd go to Midland. And the highway from, from Seminole to Odessa, uh, there you get to the bridge right before you get to Odessa, a bridge, and you turn left, you go east, uh, and you're going toward Midland, right? Uh, I don't know the highway, but uh, some of you do. Uh, and there was a house. I remember going, uh, that was years ago, I'd look at the, I said, look at that nice house, there's a brick home on the right. It's empty. You know, there's nothing on the window. I said, look, there's a vacant house there. Hmm, that's a nice house. Why is it vacant? Then uh, months and a couple of years would go by, and I said, wow, look, the shingles are off the roof. They've been blown off. They better take care of that. You know, if it was my house, I'd take care of that. So I said, the shingles are off that. You can tell the uh, shingles are off, and, and then later on, it got worse and worse until a nice home was zero. It's falling apart. This is what an open door will do to your life. Starts as a leak, and then eventually everything is ruined. So, for example, there's a lot of open doors. One of the worst, one of the worst uh, open doors for believers is, look, sexual sins outside of marriage. When a believer is in a sexual sin uh, because uh, sex is only within the boundaries of marriage, when you are in a sex sin, you are in a free fall. I mean, you're going, it's like jumping out of an airplane with no parachute. You're going, and the Bible says this, and I believe the Bible, he said any man that commits uh, adultery or have a sexual sin will be reduced to a peace. Of bread. So if you value your life, your money, and everything else, you don't want to have sexual sins. You better get married. Said, well, he promised that we would get married. Don't believe that lie, right? They'll tell you that. Said, we're going to get married, so let's just do it, you know. No, that's a big lie. Uh, you'll go down so fast, uh, you'll hit uh, rock bottom. So it's important that we close every door. Can you say amen? So, <clears throat> holiness is only for the believer. Somebody say, holiness is only for the believer. Right, because it's impossible. It's impossible for an unbeliever to live holy. How? How can he live holy? 
It's for the believer. Can you say amen? Now, let's go with a couple of scriptures. Hebrews chapter 12 now, verse 14 through 15. He's talking to believers. Somebody say he's talking to believers. You're not talking to unbelievers because there's no way they can fulfill this. They have to become a new creation. He said, pursue peace with all people uh, and holiness. And somebody say holiness. Without which no one will see the Lord. How many will not see the Lord if they're not walking in holiness? No one. So does that include you, Pastor? Including me. He said, but you're a pastor. I mean, you've done a lot of good things. Uh, can you permit unholiness? No, I will not see God. If somebody does not live in holiness, you will not see the Lord, uh, see the Lord here. You will not have any communication with him, and you will not see him when you die. That's what the Bible says. He said, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. He's talking to believers now, fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up cause trouble, and by it many uh, become defiled. Can you say amen? Once again, holiness is not only possible, that's why he's telling us, it's not only possible for the believer, but it's also our privilege, but it's also a command. He commands us. Not a suggestion. He's commanding us to live in holiness. First John chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. He's talking to believers. Say, he's talking to believers again. Now look at this one. This is in uh, the uh, NLT, the New Living Translation. But when people keep on sinning, now he's talking about Christians now, it shows that they belong to who? God, who said that? He said they belong to the devil? Wow. Uh, who have been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of who? Of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they're children of God, right? So now we can tell, this is, this is the Bible, man, we... Oh, so now we can tell who are the children of God and who are the children of who? He said, you know, are is those people children of the devil? That's what the Bible says, children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Okay? Did everybody get that? So holiness, living right, living clean now is possible for every believer. When we, as, now watch this, as believers, when we don't live holy, we have open doors. And the enemy, he's like a cockroach, right? I mean, he'll go in through that little opening that you have, but his objective is to take control of your life and take everything from you. So if things are happening in your life, you say, ah, ask yourself, is there an open door? Okay, now here's the great provision, here's the good news. Have you, uh, this one is only for believers again. 1 John 1, 9. He said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. Uh, uh, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9 is God's provision for every believer. If you sin, take care of that immediately. Okay? Now, if we have an open door, 
When do we close it? Next week? Can you afford the devil in your life in one, um, one more week? How about a month? Some Christians go for years without closing the door. They said, oh, well, God will just forgive me automatically. He will not. He said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us unrighteousness. If you don't confess them. Now, an unbeliever doesn't confess sin. I don't care if they go to confession or whatever. They, they can't confess their sin. There's too many of them. God's not going to hear them anyway. They've got to become a new creation. But we have to confess our sin. Right? As a believer. When you commit a sin, take it to God immediately. If you don't, uh, the door will be open. But when you do it, the door closes. And you're at the place where the devil cannot touch you. Okay? But you don't sin. You don't practice sin. He said, I'm going to ask God afterwards. After I do this sin, I'm going to ask God to forgive me. No, you're playing with God. You don't sin. You don't keep. But if you, as an unbeliever, uh, uh, you know, you, you sin. You didn't mean to sin, but you fell into sin. Forg that's God's provision for you. If you confess your sins, he will forgive you. Isn't that wonderful? I think we need to just praise the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a great praise offering for that. Praise God. That is so powerful. That's the provision God has given us. In other words, you can jump back into restoration again. Just like that. So there's an open door. There's something in our life. Why is this happening? There's open doors. When did it occur? Sometimes it occurred so long ago, you forgot the open door. And people say, well, it's just a way of life. Things happen. I'll go ask the doctor. I'll ask the, this person advice to this or this and see if they can help me. Nobody can help you if the curse is on you. Nobody. You only one can help you is God. You have to confess your sins as a believer, right? Now, now here's a great danger. Now, let's go to 1 Timothy uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 1 through 2, and this is New LT also, New Living Translation. He's talking to believers again. Now, all these scriptures are for believers. Now, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last, uh, last days or last times, some will turn away from where? From the true faith. Mm -hmm. They will follow deceptive spirits. Now, he's talking about believers now. Okay? And teaching, now if you depart, turn away from the true faith, that means that you had the true faith at one time. Now, you depart from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Now, look at uh, verse 2. These people are what? Hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. Now, that is a terrible place to be in when, you, when your conscience is dead. In other words, you, uh, a person gets to this place and says, so what? You say, hey, this is wrong. You say, whatever. I don't care. That, that's in danger of a, a dead conscience. That's a horrible place to be at. But thank God that, I mean, I don't, this is the place of no return, but thank God that he's, got, he's God and he's able to revive the conscience. Right? He's able, if we're praying for people, can you say amen? If we're praying for people. So, as believers, 
we have to keep ourselves holy and keep the devil or the kingdom of darkness out of our lives. That's what you have to do. Because your life is at stake. You love your life? How many of you love your life? Everybody loves their life, right? So you want to keep the enemy from, uh, from your, away from your life. And we can't. Now, in order to do that, remember we remember the five things? Notice these five things here. These are very, very important. Let's see. Do we have it here? There you go. Uh, these are the five things that are very, very important for the believer. Not for an unbeliever, but for a believer. He's, uh, you've got to read your word, and my advice to you is that you read three chapters a day. And in one year, you'll complete the Bible. And as you read the Bible, guess what it's doing? It's changing you. Renewing your mind, that's so important. You keep yourself holy. You'll understand what God wants for your life. Number two, you must pray. Did you know that most Christians do not pray? You Probably you do, but hopefully all of you do, but most believers do not pray. And if they pray, it's only in time of rescue time. Lord, get me out of this mess, right? Or you pray maybe a, a little prayer like this, Lord, I'm, I'm telling you all this because that's the way my life was. Okay, I never prayed. Uh, before I came in, the uh, Lord called me and started working in my life. They only pray when they need to eat. Say, Lord, bless this food. And some don't even pray at, at mealtimes. But uh, <clears throat> we Christians have to pray, right? And uh, how many of you got a sheet of a hundred list? Everybody get one? Everybody got a sheet? Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, that's okay. That's okay. She did, she's not here, right? Norma. Okay. Everybody should have got that uh, list, 100 list, okay? If Jonathan, go real quickly. If there, are they there? It's, it's got to be in English. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> we have a list. Listen real carefully. This is the uh, 100 list. How many of you can come up with 100 people you can pray for every day? Well, there's only 7 billion people in the earth, so you can come up with 100, right? Just put your relatives there, and that's 100, hopefully, right? And people that you work with, all right? Jonathan will be given uh, uh, some that did not receive that. Everybody should have that. 100 list. This 100 list... Uh, is very important because you will be praying for 100 people every day. And everybody look up here. Let me tell you how important this is. Those five things. Now, once we get to number five here, you're going to fly. You will be a, a high flyer when you hit number five here. All right? But when we're number two, you're praying for people. Here it is. There's people up here. Uh, there you go. Now you have the list. Now you're responsible, right? You have 100, 100, uh, 100. At least, somebody say at least 100. Uh-huh. You say, well, do I put the ones that I hate? Well, you shouldn't hate them, but uh, my enemies. Yeah, write them first. Because the, Jesus said, pray for you who? Pray for your enemies. So we, you put your enemies there. 
You say, you know that guy that robbed me? Number one. You see? Put him down, right? You said the neighbor that cuts me, I hate my neighbor, but I'm going to put him down too. Put him down. But here, here's it. Now listen real carefully. There's a possibility because you've got to have your mom there, your father, your brother, and your sister. There's a possibility no one is praying for them. And you have to pray this way. Now, this is the prayer you're going to pray on those 100 people. Father, whatever it takes. Somebody say, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, Father. These people will not go to hell. You have to pray that way. Because human nature is this. Human nature is this. If there's no need, God is not important. Right? right if you're dancing money you got the women and the man and all this stuff you got money and everything you, you say let's go to church you say well, are you kidding me i don't have time but when you start having a need you start thinking about god so we're praying for these people that, uh, we're not praying evil now listen carefully whatever it takes but human nature is this if people do not hit rock bottom they will not come to God. They will not. That's, that's the way it is. So how do you know, Pastor? Because I did. At uh, 22, I hit rock bottom. I said, what am I going to do? Where am I going? My mind is so messed up. Where am I going? I came back from Vietnam. I said, man, I already lived my life. I mean, I'm, what, what? And then... I had to come to God, and he began to heal my mind. So human nature, you've got to put your mother there. You say, would you pray for her, Pastor? I don't know her. There's a possibility I'll never pray for your mom or your brother or your sister. But if you don't pray for them as a believer, you're responsible. And you don't, uh, most, most of you don't even pray for your relatives or your friends. You have to pray for him. If you don't, a brother called me this morning. He said, Pastor, this morning my friend got killed. I think it was yesterday or this today on the highway. Well, one of my, my best friends got killed. I said, was he on your list? He said, no. You got to pray for people, right? So you have to have a hundred. I said, Honey, you have it. If you're, if, you're a, if you're a couple, you said, you got the honey you pray for. No. No. You don't share the list. Each one prays for them, for 100 people. That is so important because the people in your list is different from somebody else. But look, look, everybody look up here. Christians do not pray. And then they're complaining about our government and about everything. If Christians do not pray, let me say, the souls of man and the destiny of a nation is in the hands of believers because they're the only ones that have authority here on earth. The binding and loosening is not in heaven, it's here. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loosen here shall be loosened in heaven. And only believers have that authority. And if believers are not praying, we're in a terrible, we're in a terrible condition. But believers do not pray. They're putting it off. You better not put off your family. 
Because if you make heaven, and if they don't, they're going to be cursing you for all eternity. See, you never prayed for me. You were the believer. You knew that. You went to church. You heard about this. You were blessed, but you never prayed for me. Why didn't you pray for me? He said, yeah, but you were crazy. Well, that's uh, uh, every reason to pray for him, right? That's right. Did everybody get that? And that list, look, once you get to fa uh, number three, fasting, because you're going to pray for a purpose now. I just said, oh, God, bless the world, bless the world, bless the world. No, that's not even praying. You've got to pray uh, definitely for people. Pray for your family. Pray for 100 people, people at work, your boss. Then you're going to fast. Uh, I know none of you like fasting because I don't. But it's so important, right? You have to fast. This is the way I do it. You can eat 24 hours. Watch this. Uh, I, I, stop, I eat at noon and don't eat till to the next day at noon. You have to. We have to keep the devil out of our lives. If you don't, you wake up one day, you don't have anything. He'll come for your husband, for your wife, for your children, for your money, for your business. He's going to come for everything. You can't allow him in your, in your house. And then number, number four, you better give your tithes. Number, number uh, that's uh, once again, when you give your tithes and offering, God does not need your little money. Why would he need that? He owns it anyway. You better give your tithes. Off the top, man, chunk, like uh, you give it. And you say, well, I'm helping the church. You're not helping nobody. You're helping yourself. That's right. And then when you get to number five, now you're flying. When you get to number five, you're going to be a high flyer. And I'll prove it to you. Uh, now you begin to declare things. Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him by the what? Who's they? The believers. They overcame who? The devil. Somebody say they overcame the devil. By the blood of the lamb and by the word of who? Not pastor's testimony, your testimony. Praise God. And once you have your testimony, you're declaring the word every day. You're declaring, and you're a high flyer then. You begin to move up in this world. The word must be in your mouth, and it must come out of your mouth, and you must declare it every day. Can you say amen? But if you don't get to number five, you're stuck. Because he sent his word, and he healed them. The word's got to leave your mouth. But you've got to know the word. That's why number one is so important. And you've got to be a praying Christian. Right? You said, I have a son that is going to hell. You better pray for him. I have a daughter don't serve God. You better pray for them. I have a sister don't does not serve God. You better pray for her before she's lost. Oh, she makes me mad, so mad. Oh, he makes me so mad. Well, uh, he does or she does, but you better pray for them. Right? Because God holds you responsible. That 100 list, fill it out and pray for them every day. And don't pray one of these like said, the whole thing, Lord. No. No. Every name. You said, I can't pray more than three minutes. This will give you more than three minutes, the 100 list. Because you'll pray for them and you stop with your mom and say, oh, God, touch my mom, my brother. Touch them, Lord. Touch them. And you pray for them. Can you say amen? Before long, you're praying. But most Christians, not even pastors, pray. They don't pray. And they wonder why everything is going down. We have to pray. Can you say amen?